Kevin Lytle covers CSU football for the Coloradoan in uh, Fort Collins. Kevin, before we get to CSU football, a few weeks ago, CSU was mentioned in connection with uh, moves being made by the American Athletic Conference, uh, adding some teams because they lost some other teams and so forth. What's happened to that talk? Yeah, it was uh, kind of a whirlwind of things. Uh, you kind of figured the Mountain West and the AAC were going to be in a, a tug of war a little bit to you know try and expand after uh, you know the trickle down effect from Texas and Oklahoma. And and for a, a minute there, it looked like Colorado State was going to be one of the teams going. Basically, the AAC courted uh, San Diego State, Boise State, Colorado State, and Air Force to you know kind of replenish after you know three of their teams are now heading to the Big Twelve in the near future. And, uh, you know, there were discussions and everything. Boise and San Diego State were the first ones to pull out, but it still looked like and sound like. And, you know, we were hearing a lot of chatter. There's a lot of chatter everywhere um, that CSU and Air Force were going to go. When that kind of got out, I think there was maybe a little, you know, some fan backlash. It wasn't, you know, crazy or anything, but not everyone was excited. And uh, all the powers that be kind of decided that, you know, a move to AAC would be, you know, somewhat lateral at that point and decided to stay put and stay in the Mountain West. And uh, so, so that's where it's at. You know, the Mountain West has, has said it will look to expand, but uh, in the last day or two, we've also seen that the, the AAC is kind of snapping up a whole bunch of other teams. So it's it's kind of chaotic right now, but uh, Mountain West kind of just standing pat while everyone moves at the moment. Well, now in a perfect world uh, – for CSU, if the Big 12 was something they could a move they could make, they'd probably do it, wouldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, back in 2016, um, when the Big 12 kind of flirted with expansion, Colorado State was one of the teams that were one of the schools that was you know pretty deep in the process and kind of made the final cuts. And then obviously the Big 12 kind of said, eh, never mind, we don't really want anyone. Um, so that you know, with with investment, the new stadium, and everything like that. Um, the, the hope and goal is certainly to get to one of those power conferences, but especially with the state of where the football program has been, uh, they're kind of haven't really been the conversation, you know, in, in this latest round um, where BYU and the AAC teams went to the big 12 CSU was pretty much never mentioned as a candidate. Well, we wanted to clear that up. So I appreciate you helping us with that. Let's, let's talk some football here now. And the season season didn't start really well for CSU with the losses to South Dakota State and Vanderbilt. But then these uh, wins, three in the next four games, Toledo, San Jose State, which was expected to do well this year, and, uh, and of course, New Mexico. The loss, to me, appears uh, to be a well-played uh, loss to a number five team in, in the country. And how did, uh, how did the um, team and the coaches feel about that result at Iowa? Yeah, I think you're spot on there. Um, CSU played really well at Iowa. They were up by a touchdown at halftime. And, you know, kind of partway through the third quarter, still had Iowa on the ropes. And then, you know, kind of a quick turnover sort of flipped the game. But they played really well. You know, obviously Iowa, uh, they just had the Purdue Purdue loss, but has been showing really well. Uh, And that was a really impressive game for CSU because you kind of expected, uh, you don't really expect anyone to go into Iowa and dominate them. Or, or play with them, I should say. They didn't dominate them. But it was a really good game, and it's been a – you said it, it's been a weird season. I mean, the first two weeks were terrible. Uh, South Dakota State, obviously, is a very good FCS team, but they just dominated CSU. And then a week later, uh, CSU 
had a big lead on Vanderbilt and just collapsed and lost to that. And, you know, a home loss to Vanderbilt obviously is, is not a good look. So things looked really bad. And then a road win at Toledo, a good game at Iowa, and then back-to-back Mountain West wins. And all of a sudden, the, the vibe around Colorado State football is a lot different than it was, you know, in the first couple weeks of the season. What turned it around? Well, the defense is playing exceptional, and that's been, you know, preseason, that was the expectation, that the defense would be really good. In the first two weeks, they just were not. They kind of got bullied, uh, and then they've, they made a couple minor tweaks, but really I think it's more just execution. And then the offense has been better. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those transitions, you know, a coaching change transition is Adazio's second year. Mike Bobo previously had, you know, kind of a wide open high flying offense. And now they're transitioning to more uh, ground, you know, pro style offense. And it was kind of ugly early on, but Todd Santeo is starting to play really well, spread the ball around. Um, they're running the ball decent and kind of a nice mix of run and pass. So uh, kind of getting, kind of just finding their identity at early those first two weeks, it looked like they didn't know what to do. You know, against South Coast, they threw the ball almost 50 times, which wouldn't have been a surprise under Bobo, but under Adazio was, was kind of baffling. And uh, they've kind of settled back into what they truly want to do. And, and they're doing it well right now, but it all starts with that defense. You know, they held, New Mexico to 69 yards last week. I, I know New Mexico's bad, but you hold anyone to 69 yards, you're doing something pretty good. You start to look a little bit uh, deeper at some of the individuals uh, in this on this team, and, and I don't think it's out of line to say there's a couple of guys here, three or four maybe, who you could say are among the elite in college football at their position, and Trey McBride, the tight end, is one. Ryan Stonehouse, the punter, has unbelievable numbers. Uh, Caden Camper, the, the the place kicker, my gosh, he's. I think he has more field goals than anybody in the country. And uh, then and you talked about the defense, and uh, uh, there's a couple of guys there. Uh, Scott Patchen, I guess, is yep. one of them. But but basically, uh, I guess fans at CSU understand how good those people are. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. Colorado State has some, you know, star power, if you want to call it that. Trey McBride is um, one of the best tight ends in the country. Uh, he'll probably be, you know, pretty deep in the Mackey Award finalists. You know, once we get to that point, he's uh, he's a guy that a couple places have had as a first round pick. You know, in this upcoming draft, you know, if he's not first, he'll certainly be, I think, top three rounds. So he, he's a great tight end, <laughs> Ryan Stonehouse, like you mentioned. He earned a lot of fans at Iowa. You know, the Big Ten loves their punting, and, and he had a great day out there, and, and he's been doing that his whole career. And, you know, he's one of those, you, you get stuck with the altitude uh, sticker for playing up here, but he does that sea level too. Really good punter. And then, yeah, Scott Patchen, he's a guy in Miami transfer. He just never really got much playing time down there. Um, he's never said a ton about it, but you can tell there's some frustration that he felt he was overlooked, and, and he's come up to Colorado State and, and just been dominant defensive linemen. Uh, so, yeah, they have some of those stars, and those guys are playing really, really well right now, and, and that's certainly the backbone of the team. I mean, McBride and Patchen, I think, are are pretty clearly the, the faces of the program. Now, I mentioned you talked about Stonehouse and, and Caden Camper. Now, these are guys on special teams, and – there was a point, uh, I guess last year at some point, he uh, Coach Adazio promised our special teams are going to be much better. And, boy, he has uh, delivered on that promise. 
Yeah, it's been it's been a roller coaster in the special teams in the the year and a half under Adazio. You know, Colorado State at one point last season gave up five special teams touchdowns in the span of six quarters. It was it was crazy. It was a combo of some returns, and a couple blocked field goals. Um, it was it was crazy. I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. And yeah, this offseason, he uh, was very adamant that you know I think he said they would be electric and. For the most part, it's been true. They did give up a punt return touchdown last week, so that's something to keep an eye on, especially this week. Obviously, you guys know more than anyone. Savon Scarver is is pretty amazing. So uh, I know CSU is going to be doing some stuff to try and keep the ball out of his hands. But overall, really good. Stonehouse has been good. Uh, Thomas Panunzio has a punt return touchdown of his own this year. Uh, you mentioned Kane Camper. He's kicking. They're not happy with how many field goals he's kicking because CSU keeps stalling in the red zone but obviously you want him to be making them. And, and he's been doing that. He has a 53 yarder as well on a, a really a windy day against San Jose state. So uh, he's really turned around because he started the season, the first two games, everything kind of goes. Those first two games were terrible. Last four have been good in those first two King camper hit one of four field goal attempts. And, and after that he hit, I think it's 13 straight. So <laughs> he's really turned around. So special teams have been overall uh, quite good. Well, again, like us looking at the season, not knowing as, uh, because you've been there, we not understand what you know about this team. But you focus on the Iowa game and the way they played. But last week, uh, CSU handled New Mexico, which they were expected to do probably. But I, my point is they handled them as well as Air Force and San Diego State did. And to me, that's a compliment. And that puts them in a different class. I think Utah State's um, coaches for sure are a little bit uh, worried about the way that outcome went. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can only you can only beat who's in front of you, and they did it and incredibly convincingly. And like I said, I know New Mexico is incredibly young. They were starting a true freshman for his first game, you know, so I understand all that. But 69 yards against any team in you know, modern college football offense is a pretty incredible defensive performance. So yeah, I think. CSU has done what they needed to do. You know, they're 2-0 and in the Mountain West, and, you know, they've been fortunate. They faced two um, backup quarterbacks in those games, but they beat them. That's what they had to do. And now, you know, the tests really come. Utah State is going to be a different challenge than they face. They haven't really faced a team that can be explosive offensively like the Aggies can be. And then, you know, past that, it, it gets into really gauntlet time with, uh, you know, Boise and Air Force and those teams coming pretty soon for CSU. But uh, this is this is a really good chance to see if, you know, these Rams are really, you know, legitimately a team that can, tend, can contend for the, the Mountain Division title. One other question, and you mentioned his name. Uh, a lot of the offense looks like it's, uh, you know, working things out. How good is really Todd Centeno at quarterback? Todd is a very interesting story. He, you know, he was a, a Temple transfer, uh, came in before last season, had, didn't play much at Temple, was a guy that was looked at as maybe you know, more a runner. But he, you know, one, they disagree with that. They think he can be, you know, a, a true passer. And that's what he's been. He does run. He's pretty effective at it. But it's not crazy. It's not like he's uh, carrying the ball 20 times a game. And he's really improved his game. You know, last year he was, frankly, a bad passer. He completed, I think it's 49% of his passes, which is a pretty, pretty kind of shocking number uh, for, for current offenses. But he's put in a ton of work this offseason. His teammates love him. He's one of those guys that 
people just gravitate toward really good leader. Um, he actually, uh, he, he's battled lupus in his life. So, you know, a guy that's battled lupus and, and, you know, has come out the better side for it. He's not going to be too worried about, uh, you know, criticism from completion percentage or anything like that. And he's really turned it around. You know, he's at 60% right now. He's protecting the ball only has one interception. Uh, it's mostly short and intermediate passes. Uh, he, they still need to improve on the deep passing game, but he has in the last two weeks. So he's a guy that really every week seems a little better. And I think it's just a credit to the work he puts in. Well, I asked that because I just look at some of the numbers early on and now, and I thought it was a fair question to ask, but it, it is, uh, it appears he's getting it together. So that's Kevin Lytle, and he is the uh, beat writer for the CSU Rams. He covers the Rams for the Coloradoan in Fort Collins, and uh, we'll probably see you at the game and appreciate taking some time today to fill us in on CSU football. Absolutely. Looking forward to heading out to Logan, and thanks for having me on.